To the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagberdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the SDSU podcast. I am your host, Andre Hagberdian, and will be joined shortly by my co host, Paul Garrison. This is episode 81, and it is the first part of three season preview episodes for San Diego State football. Fall camp starts on Friday, July the 28th with the first practice. The first game is four weeks and one day to the first practice on August 26th in week zero when San Diego State hosts Ohio University. This episode is an interview with defensive coordinator Kurt Maddox as he goes through the main positional groups uh, of his defense gives us some insight on some position battles, some schematic things that they could look at this year after, you know, having to replace so many uh, departing starters. Following episodes, we will have conversations with Ryan Lindley, the offensive coordinator, and Doug Deacon, the special teams coordinator. So uh, stay tuned for those. But this one is defense. Paul and I had a chance to chat with uh, Coach Maddox last week. Paul wrote an article based on this interview, his preview of the defense. So check that out on eastvillagetimes.com if you have not done already. Uh, But let's get to the interview with the Coach Maddox. We want to welcome back Kurt Maddox, defensive coordinator for San Diego State to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for having me on. It's almost about that time. Fall camp is here. Practice starts in a few days. And First game is, you know, less than five weeks away. You know, it's been four months since the end of spring camp. As a whole, how has your defense kind of improved, evolved over these last four months? Well, uh, to be honest with you, Andre, a lot of the things that we've been able to do has been through Coach Hall. So I'm going to start with him as far as just the understanding. um, Literally, I think, you know, just going back to the end of spring, spring game, uh, Monday, uh, winner's dinner. Uh, lunar losers, beanies and weenies dinner. And then, you know, the next day, I think we have, uh, you know, position meetings, sort of a closeout. And then I think maybe one more day off it. And then we're on the road for spring recruiting. This was sort of be honest with you, a pretty hectic off season, just with recruiting and bringing guys to campus and things of that nature. So literally coach Hall and, uh, Adam Jurek, um, you know, our assistant strength coach who also does an excellent job you know, really take over at that point. Then the kids get, um, I want to say like a, maybe about a two to three week, uh, depending on when your final schedule is at the end of May uh, off. And then we're, we're right heavy right after Memorial Day. Uh, we as coaches, uh, you know, work for an amazing head coach that really believes in stressing family first uh, within our, within your, your own family, so to speak. And so he wants to make sure, you know, after camps and stuff like that throughout the month of June, uh, that you try to get a little bit away in July, but we are here for basically the whole month of June, you know, and we have, you know, th- through NCAA I'll, allowed some time to be with them and, and participate in some stuff and watch, mostly watch and just seeing how the kids competed. And I think that's the most important thing is, you know, with the structure and the way that we do things here at San Diego State is just 
trying to create a culture of accountability, trying to create a culture of competition and learning through competition, uh, which there's going to be a winner and a loser. It's how to fix your loss. Uh, and maybe uh, to be honest with you, Andre, sometimes it's like uh, genetics. Okay. Uh, meaning like, you know, you might not ever beat this guy or maybe there's a, maybe you just need to learn how to push yourself a little bit more um, and learn how to understand what the expectations of the drill are more and take yourself to a, a level that maybe you didn't know that you could go to. And so those are all things that coach Hall stresses and coach Jurek. And then throughout the month of July, you know, Coach Hope gives us a little bit of time off around the 4th of July. And so, but I've been back now, you know, from the break, about two weeks, you know, get a little time off to, you know, see some family and recharge the motor. And then I've been very impressed. So, you know, it's just one of those things where their bodies have, uh, body comps have gotten better. They're getting bigger. They're getting stronger. They are competing. I mean, I think it's, you know, I, I really like the fact that, you know, if, you if you know, all the linebackers or just the D-line or secondary are running a race, you know, I would say, to be honest with you, at safeties, it's usually Sidarius Barfield had had a great summer so far, and he's probably winning most of the DB races. Uh, but at linebacker, it's a combination of a lot of guys. And uh, at D-line, it's a combination of a, a, a bigger group of different people, uh, given what the actual race is. Is it five back, 10 back, or is it a 40-yard sprint or whatever, a gasser? You know, whatever the uh, exercise Coach Hall chooses to uh, torture them with, so to speak, um, it's one of those things where uh, we have different winners. And from my perspective, if you have different winners, uh, then then guys are getting a chance to compete, which is what we want. You know, every year around this time, we ask you how you're going to replace a, a lost starter or a group of starters. You know, this year seems a little bit more extreme, right? You lost six out of your 11 starters at the end of the season plus two primary backups who had been starters before, you know, how does that impact the way you approach your defensive philosophy or your play calling or your scheming, knowing that you have so many guys that are going to be new? Well, you know, uh, you know, a little pun first, it makes you look for another job, number one, <laughs> because all that good of players are, they're gone. But to be honest with you, Andre, I I'm going to go back to sort of like what my, initial statement was through recruiting, which is again, the lifeline or lifeblood of your program is, is it's our job as coaches to create depth, create competition, to create, you know, a culture of what we talk about next man up. Okay. And so what, what I mean by that is, is if Paul's out there practicing and he twists his ankle, Andre, as your, as his backup, you need to have the same understanding that Paul does the same expectations that Paul does, because as a linebacker unit or a D-line unit or a secondary unit, it, it, you, we have a standard of performance. You're going to play as hard as you can. You're going to play with toughness. You're going to play with great effort. You're going to play for the name on the front of your jersey before you play for the name on your back of your jersey, because of that's what we stand for at, you know, at San Diego State with the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be important that you understand that, and so that when you do get your opportunity, you don't look back. I would be on. I would be lying to you if I didn't say the transfer portal and some other things that have you know re, uh, sort of surfaced within the game has maybe you know in some programs and things of that nature it, it has affected us with guys that have been backups and things of that nature that hey they want more playing time and so that can affect some things and maybe you have to get a younger guy or a little bit readier before maybe you know he might be playing at his prime that happens. 
But the reality is the simple fact is, you know, uh, Jonah and Keyshawn, we knew they were going to be super seniors. So now it's the point in time where, hey, Garrett Fountain, instead of playing 30 snaps a game, you're going to go to 50 snaps a game. You know, Dom Oliver, instead of playing maybe five to 10 snaps a game, you're going to go to 15 to 20. You know, Dan Apoko, who, you know, unfortunately didn't have the greatest a year last year due to mostly to injuries. You know, you're going to go from maybe five, five to 10 snaps a game. You're going to go to, you know, 25 to 30 snaps a game. And, uh, you know, replacement by committee versus, you know, the expectations of, hey, Jonah, you got to play 60 and Keyshawn, you got to play 70. And then hopefully as the season goes on and they sort of understand some things, you know, uh, solidify some things. But I think that's what it's going to be like. I, I'm really excited about our secondary and the guys we have coming back at that and the amount of snaps they've had. But you're exactly right. Replacing the front six and with the guys like Michael Shawcroft and a Kaden McDonald and a Keyshawn Banks and even Justice Tavai when he came in as a transfer from Hawaii, um, you know, did some really good stuff for us last year. You know, it, it you know, you, you're not only are you losing you know, good players, but you're losing amazing young men that have really committed themselves to San Diego State and where you're like, you're proud that that they represented San Diego State the right way, both on and off the field. So it's just something that you talk about, you know, like I talked to the linebackers today. We have a, a linebacker um, meeting here in a little bit that we're going to sit here and say, hey, you know, this is the expectation. And it's mostly going to be for the younger guys, the freshmen coming in. But, you know, understand what the expectations are. You know, the upperclassmen lead our groups and you're going to sort of fall in line. And if you perform well, we're going to get you more snaps. And a perfect example of that is like Trey White. You know, Trey White had a really good year last year, was pushing, pushing, pushing. But in a perfect world, I wanted to redshirt him because I knew that, you know, we had some pretty good guys and we were able to get four good games out of him. And he really played well in the bowl game. And now he's sitting here, you know, competing for the starting job, you know, with Cooper McDonald, who, you know, did some good stuff at times last year. We need more out of him this year. But, um, you know, yeah, that's a perfect example of a guy that, you know, uh, through the program has developed. And now we're looking as a redshirt freshman, you know, making a pretty big impact on our defense next year. Well, Coach, I appreciate the compliment, but uh, I'm definitely the backup to Andre. <laughs> You know? uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, works. Um, you know, but you know, we, we, we usually start up front when we start talking about, you know, some of the specific positions. But given the uh, depth that's coming back at cornerback, um, you know, all five guys are back. Four of them, you know, have numerous starts and played a lot. How heavy will you be leaning on those guys to kind of lead the defense and bring every maybe kind of the newer players up to speed quicker? Sure. And, and uh, it will be 100 percent. Paul, um, it'll be one of those situations where, you know, I hope Ohio doesn't, you know, log on to you guys, but, you know, early in, in the, into some season games, we're probably going to play a little bit more man free uh, and try to have tight coverage and tight windows um, and maybe blitz a little bit more than we did in, in certain games. Now, I know we're a blitz based team. I mean, that's, we're a pressure oriented team, but, you know, you could play zone coverage uh, or you can play man with some of the blitzes. But, you know, with with the likelihood and again, I'm being honest, I, I really believe we have five corners that if any of the five got on the field and I'm talking Chris Johnson, Noah Avenger, Noah Tumblin, uh, Dallas Branch and uh, Des Malone, any of those five guys, I, I, I personally believe could. Again, not speaking on behalf in a negative way of anybody else in our conference, but I think they could compete uh, with most of the rest of the team is in the conference, uh, at least being the two deep. And then you talk about our safeties. 
You know, you got Barfield and and you got Celestine who played a lot of snaps. JD Coffee, a transfer that came in this spring and really picked up the system well and saw the physicality that he plays with. Mentally, he's got to get a little bit more into some scheme stuff. But I mean, he was here for just a spring, so that will come with time. You know, uh, Deshaun McEwen, a transfer from TCU that, you know, if you look at his history a little bit, um, like Dan Apoco banged up in certain instances, and he's also played before behind some elite players at TCU. I think one was up for the, the, the lot award or the best defensive back in a country award that he was playing behind. So it's just like, you know, that's, that's again, the positive of some of the transfer portal stuff, you know, Sim, he wanted to get on the field and play and, and, you know, he's going to be pushing the depth. And then, you know, the guys that we have backing them up, you you got Josh Hunter, Eric Butler played a little bit, but Hunter redshirted. So, you know, and those are just the two safeties left and right. Now, you know, obviously with the situation with Pat and, you know, I talked to uh, John and Jim yesterday, you know, we obviously support Pat and we're very thankful for what he's done for San Diego State for four years. You know, we wish him the best, but, you know, he, he replaces a whole, but, you know, now you got Max Garrison and a, a, a true freshman with Marcus Radcliffe, who we are fortunate enough to get in early for spring practice, graduated early. And then you got Jatavius McGee and, and Kyron White, who we moved the linebacker, ultimately moved him back to Aztec because uh, familiarity with that position, played game snaps, you know, all competing for that starting job. And, you know, who knows? I mean, it's just like anything, you know, uh, Taylor Hawkins or Sidarius Barfield is trying to find the best you know, five guys back there um, with the mindset uh, that we can have. And to be honest with you, again, not giving too much away, but when you're playing a team like Utah State or Colorado State who have spread the ball over the field a lot and make you have to cover 53 and a third, you know, maybe you play uh, an extra guy. So maybe it's a three, two, six, you know, uh, system and, and you use a bar field or a JD coffee as a bigger safety, um, you know, and just, you know, try to match it up and say, hey, you're not going to pass the ball on us and we're going to put too many people in the box to run. So, you know, now we'll see how you wanted to, you know, attack us offensively. Uh, one guy we definitely want to get your thoughts on is Des Malone, um, obviously transferred from safety over to corner. But I mean, he looks like he has kind of everything that the next level is looking at big, long, physical. Uh, is he really ready to kind of take that next step? And, and and developing and where 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 is he in 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 that transition over to the sure. kind of that main corner? Yeah, and and that's a great question. I I don't know if I can you know if I feel confident to say yes and then you know be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? I think I think I want to say he's still a work in progress. Last year in spring, because Noah Avenger and Dallas Branch had their soldier situation, they sort of were out of all spring. That's really where he emerged, and we went into last year's fall camp with. Hey, he had a great spring. Can he transition to a great fall? And went into fall camp, and those guys were back healthy, competed, competed. And, you know, Coach Sumler did a great job of sort of playing a hot hand, um, who, you know, who's playing well. You know, if you, not that you just, if you gave up a big play, I'm going to take you out. But like, if you're not playing with good technique and good vision and good fundamentals, you know, hey, we're going to rotate you a little bit. We had pretty good depth again last year. And, you know, Des Malone at the end of, you know, as all that dust was moving around, it finally settled. He emerged as one of the top guys. Now, I will say, in my opinion, 
and I love him to death. I don't know if he was playing his best ball at the end of the season, though. You know, I think he played well, not to the point where we want to take him out. But, you know, Dallas Branch, if anything, I think rose towards the back half of the season, was becoming a good player along with Noah Avenger. And so it was one of those things where those guys were maybe playing with a little bit more tenacity, ball hawking, you know, keeping the ball inside and in front. And not that Des wasn't doing a good job, but I think those guys were like, hey, I want to play more, so I'm going to perform better in practice, be, be, <clears throat> excuse me, be consistent and do all those things. And that, that to us is as important as anything. The work that you put in during the week and how you perform in practice is going to be evaluated on a daily basis when you have good competition. That's what allows you to continue to get better as the season goes on. And I really believe that, again, I think Des – I don't know if he sat here and said, hey, my goal was this and I reached my goal and so on and so forth. But that was a challenge that we made to him this spring. And I thought he had a good spring. I don't think he had a great spring. You know, if I if I had to say anybody that had a great spring in a corner room, it'd probably be Noah Avenger. I thought he had a really, really good spring. But Des played well enough to continue being sort of the starting starting corner. And I think he's had a great summer, though, uh, talking to Coach Hall you know, where he's at mentally, where he's at physically, how he's running. You know, he's a guy that is competing, you know, with some, you know, in some of the change of direction drills with some straightaway stuff. <laughs> and he is, phys excuse me, he is physical. He is tough. He is, you know, does the things that we want him to do. So we need him to have that breakout year. I don't necessarily know if I want to sit here and be like, hey, you got to do that. I feel more comfortable doing that with like a Garrett Fountain or a Sidarius Barfield because they played enough game snaps to sit here and say like, hey, I can handle that pressure and that load, so to speak. I, I want Dez just to be the best version of himself every snap. And if it wasn't a great snap, turn the page and move on to the next one, because that next one you could get a pick out or you could do this or that. But, you know, he has a body type. He's physical. He's knowledgeable. He's got good speed. He, he really fits what we want to do uh, from that standpoint at corner. One new guy into the program, one of your freshmen, Sam Dunnell, he came in as a safety, but on the fall roster, he was listed as a corner. Um, you know, I remember watching his high school tape when he signed, you know, you could tell his cover skills were really elite. Is that where you see him playing down the line? You know, obviously he's got five guys ahead of him. So yeah. this year might might be an issue there, but is that sure. where you ultimately see him playing? Well, Andre, to be honest with you, I think it's too quick to sort of make that analogy. Um, you know, he's a guy that came on as official. It's a funny story. You know, uh, Boje Felimatu uh, came on, um, you know, his sort of his uh, interview uh, on one of his uh, uh, one of our official visits. And it just so happened that Sam was on his official visit that weekend or he actually started his job, excuse me, being on in this or whatever, when Sam was signing and stuff like that for uh, to start, you know, full time, so to speak in the off season and Sam was there on his official visit and he's like, Oh, so what do you play defensive end? And uh, no, he's like, no, I play corner. And coach Bojay turned to me and was like, what are you guys doing over here? And we're like, well, you know, we feel like athletically he can do it. And, and he's got a good uh, skill ball set and, you know, uh, does some really good stuff that we like. So, you know, that's where, you know, we recruited him for initially, but just like anything, Andre, as your body changes, as your body develops, you know, uh, as they go through this, uh, we're just sort going to see. And you're exactly right. You know, he does have some good quality depth above him. But, you know, let's you know, there's so many things that can happen throughout a season, an injury here or an injury there. But that's where he's going to start out at, at corner going into fall camp. 
And, you know, if he's, you know, if we at, at one point in fall camp, we start making some roster evals, which I think we do try to do after the first full pad of practice to sit here and say like, hey, who's doing this and who's doing this roster evals, player management stuff. You know, if at that point we're like, OK, we need to, you know, he doesn't have the same skill set that boom, 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 or we might need to move you know, somebody over to the corner spot or whatever scenario is at that point, we'll evaluate that. Our biggest thing for Sam and most all the other freshmen, number one, learn how to really push yourself, learn how to push past what you think is hard work and, and get another level, learn the playbook, you know, get acclimated to the system, you know, enjoy the process that you're going to be involved in. Because again, it is, I mean, it is, you know, what these guys do, I mean, it's a 365 day job for the most part. Yes, they have a little bit of time off. And realistically, we're only guaranteed 12 opportunities for the amount of work that they put in and so on and so forth uh, for 12 opportunities only, you know, that to me is something that at times is like, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, so you got to really enjoy what you're doing. And for a lot of young kids that were really good high school players and they come here uh, and they see a lot of really good players around them, they get a little intimidated and that's, you know, that's just human nature. Uh, but that being said, you know, we recruited him for, for a reason. We believe in him. And now it's just, hey, go out and play. Don't worry about anything else. But just like anything, if if you're a little confused or you're a little hesitant, you're not playing at the same speed as other people. Now, maybe that's that's a redshirt situation. Hey, try to get four games in him just like Trey White and then utilize him maybe towards the back half or, you know, you know, in, in some special team phases and things like that. Uh, you mentioned the Aztec position earlier, obviously, with Pat's departure. You mentioned a few guys. You know, his primary backup for a couple of years was Kyron White. And, you know, in the spring, he had moved to linebacker. On the post-spring depth chart, he was back to Aztec safety. So where does he – is he potentially going to be at safety uh, in the fall? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that there, there's no questions with that. And, again, you know, the one it, – it's not like we're trying to – you know, uh, cause any problems or anything like that. You know, the one thing is, is like, you know, Pat was the guy all spring, you know, so, and, you know, we just didn't get information on that till the end of spring. So it was like, Hey, Pat. And then, you know, we felt Kyron was one of the, maybe possibly one of the best 11 guys on defense. And so we wanted to try to get him on the field at linebacker. And then with the change of Pat, Hey, you know, we're going to move Kyron back. And, and now, you know, the biggest thing is, is yes, he's going to have to compete for that just like everybody else. And so, you know, with him moving back to that position, you got a, you know, a high school senior technically, you know, incoming freshman with Radcliffe. You got uh, Max Garrison that was a pretty good performer on special teams last year during the season. Uh, Jatavius McGee has been a guy that, you know, for one reason or another really hasn't, you know, taken that extra step to be uh, that guy. And, and so, you know, he's going to be in a room uh, full of guys that are hungry. And, uh, and that's the good, you know, good thing. Now, just like anything, Andre, you take a guy like Sidarius Barfield, you know, uh, maybe that maybe you move him to Aztec and uh, Deshaun McEwen, who's pretty, you know, playing pretty well. Or maybe you move J.D. Coffey uh, to that position. And, you know, so there's a lot of different things. And, you know, those are all things that we got to try to figure out early in fall camp so they get enough snaps with each other so they feel comfortable within that which i think you know coach kyle hoke has done a great job along with demetrius in in really uh putting some really good talent in both those rooms and um get into a situation where we really find out who the best five slash maybe six guys are back there where 
you know, we feel like they're competing on a daily basis and playing at the high level. Talking a little bit more about uh, Seth Barfield, um, you know, he was obviously at uh, the media day in Las Vegas um, representing the team. He's had an eventful five years. He's moved positions, done different things, um, but he just really looks to have a great confidence about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how how does that confidence help the team? And could you just speak a little bit more about what you've seen from him um, this offseason? Sure. And, and, and I appreciate that. And I'm glad you noticed that because I think with, with anything, I mean, first of all, he's an old man. Let's just be honest. Okay, He's going on year six. Yeah. So uh, first of all, you know, uh, you know, he's his double uh, tr- uh, ARP card is in the mail uh, coming his way. No different than Taylor and Trenton from a few years ago. Yep. Uh, but, you know, he just knows the system so well. I mean, it's the same installs that he's had for, you know, now going on a sixth year. We've had uh, consistency with the coaching, his position coach, uh, and, and and so on and so forth. Uh, but let's not uh, not see the true things. I mean, there's games where he's played really well. There's games where you, he didn't play as well as he needed to. But learning from that and understanding that, you know, even though the culture is <laughs> – Uh, or it's not the culture, but society sometimes can, you know, crucify some people to a certain extent. If you don't play your best, you know, that's part of competition. You mean, unfortunately, when two people go to compete, there's only one winner. So the next thing that you got to understand is if I didn't win, why didn't I win and learn how to fix the things that I made mistakes on so that doesn't happen again. And I think the competitive nature that Sidarius has the inner confidence within himself that he knows that he's putting in that work. He knows that he's been committed to this, this program. And we appreciate that because when he's up speaking to the team, people see the work that he's putting in. So they gain confidence in him and he gains confidence in himself that when he goes out and runs, ain't nobody beating him. And so it's a situation where you're sitting here saying like, he deserves that confidence because he knows he's put the work in. Now that we need to take that next step with him, and he needs to permeate, like you're saying, to the rest of the team and the rest of the team buying in to the same Kool-Aid, so to speak, that he's drinking so that every uh, other people can do that. But leadership-wise, I look at two guys that I, I really have a lot of confidence in, and that's Sidarius Barfield and Garrett Fountain are two guys that I really feel like, hey, <laughs> excuse me, they've taken that next step. They've done the necessary things in order to speak to the team. The work that they've put in uh, has truly shown with their bodies. With you know, with Garrett Fountain, I mean, heck, three years ago, he's you know, he's backing up Caden McDonald at Sam linebacker. Now he's, I think, I want to say, almost two hundred and sixty pounds. You know, that work that he's put in to put get his body, and we call it body armor, but body armor on that body to be able to hold up versus those blocking schemes. I mean, that's just. I mean, that's 300, again, I go 365 days. He's been working on that. You know, it's time for him to like feel good that he does that. Now we feel good now, but now we got to pay off. It's got to pay off against Ohio. And we got to take that next step in order to understand that, you know, hard work is just one thing. Now we got to go out and execute. We got to be play harder and more physical than Ohio and understand the expectations that go into that. You've already mentioned uh, kind of the litany of, different safeties that are in the program um, and there's more on the way. I mean, it's amazing how, how well San Diego state Kyle Hoke is able to recruit that room. I mean, how hard of a job does uh, Kyle Hoke coach Kyle Hoke have at being able to kind of manage all of that talent 
and keep all those guys happy and hungry when, you know, he only got three positions to be able to, you know, get some. Sure. Well, that, that to me is a, a phone call to Jamie and getting him on next with it, with one of these zooms, but no you know, you know, Kyle does an amazing job and, and give credit to Demetrius Sumler too. I'm going to be honest with you because Demetrius was in the IE last spring and, and built a lot of the relationships with a lot of these guys that are committed now and done a nice job in the recruiting field. But just like anything, if you ask, and, and to be honest with you, Paul, if I'm recruiting you and I know you're the backup, Andre's a starter, but you know, as I'm recruiting you, I'm going to ask you, like, what are your goals? And I'm, do you want to play at the next level? And hopefully you say yes, because if you say no, I'm probably going to go to the next guy, to be honest with you. But when you say, yes, I want to play at the next level, well, here's the guys that I've coached at the different places I've been and have developed to get to the next level. And that's what, to me, what it's about. You're going to play some good football here. You're going to get evaluated. There's not one NFL scout that has ever come through this building that has not said everything that you do schematically, whether it be man coverage, zone coverage, or different things, are things that we're looking for and can truly evaluate. Can he do it? Can he play man coverage in a slot? Can he play man coverage on two? Is he, a, you know, this and that? So we do enough within our scheme and our systems that really allows those players when they perform at a high level to get noticed by the next level. And that's one of the things that a lot of guys have goals on. Well, then you're also winning a lot of football games here at San Diego state when a lot of conference championships. And so those are things that as they want to win good football games, the location of the school. Okay. Uh, I'm from the Midwest. Okay. It snows. Snow is not fun. Okay. Cold weather is not fun. And so, you know, you sit in here and say, okay, you know, year round, this is the weather. Yeah. It gets a little hot at times, but you got the ocean right down the road. So, you know, you put all those things in a row and sit here and say, Hey, where you want to go? Uh, let's uh, look at school X. Well, school X doesn't have this, doesn't have this. And yes, they're a good football program, but these are the things that we can do to help you. Uh, proximity, you know, Southern California kids, their parents can see them play. You know, those are all things, but without question, you know, Coach Kyle Hope uh, has done an amazing job to create competition. And and that's the hard part. I mean, you know, you know, and, and where, you know, some frustration maybe comes to play, but they're frustrated because maybe they're not playing at the as highest level as they want to play because they know that they have to play at a high level to be consistently playing. And so that's where the evaluation comes in and and coaching them and and don't them just go out and playing and and things of that nature. But without question, Coach Kyle Hoke and Demetrius have done a great job to create some depth and not to toot my own horn, but you know, I'm really excited about the depth at linebacker with some younger guys coming along. And we're a little bit younger than those guys are with the veterans in that room and stuff like that. But you know, it's it's one of those things where we're going to lean on those guys, especially early in the season. And our first six games are no, not the you know we're not dealing with uh, you know a light schedule either. So it's you know it's it's going to be put up or shut up time and some good receivers and some good offenses and teams that have put up a lot of points. So we're excited about the challenges, and now we just got to go out and execute and play. You speaking of linebackers, you've had years in the past where you've had a nice rotation of linebackers pretty you know equally and then you've had times where you've depended on a few guys a little bit more sure. you know how do you think the rotation plays out this year well i i, I see us being uh very similar to like what we were when i first got here with with a pretty good heavy rotation to be honest with you andre I, i'm really excited about cooper and the way he's looking and the way he's running 
uh, Trey White, uh, you know, and, and Daryl Masani, I uh, did some good stuff in the bowl game as well. Uh, he, he's had a good summer. And, and it wasn't always performance for Daryl. If you ask him, I hope he would tell you it's usually body weight. And if I could give him 90% of what I carry on a daily basis to him, uh, that would make him where I need him to be. That being said, uh, I'm really excited about Zyrus and Vicajo. You know, so I see a little bit of a rotation there at our mic position. And then, you know, a guy that I, I think has been a dark horse, you know, up to this point, because he redshirted last year is Brady Anderson. I thought he had an elite spring and, uh, you know, really, uh, ch- uh, you know, turned some heads like, holy cow, this guy's playing with a uh, good toughness. He's being physical. He's being doing everything we want him to do. And and don't get me wrong, our first team uh, all-conference preseason player, Cody Moon, I even haven't even said his name yet. You know, and it's not that uh, he hasn't done anything wrong. It's just that, you know, he's learning. And, and it's crazy because obviously, you know, Coach Hoke and Coach Long put this system in uh, together at Oregon State. And uh, we've evolved a little bit, I guess, uh, to sort of morphed it a little bit. And, you know, no different than like uh, Zach Arnett or Coach Tony White at Nebraska. You know, but we've all taken, you know, Coach Long's system, Coach Brady Hoke's system, and evolved a little bit to where our players do best and and try to you know uh, highlight the players what they do best and put them in that position over and over and over uh but you know cody's had a little bit of a learning curve you know from you know coming from new mexico but he's doing some good stuff you know two guys that that have had really good summers one would be new zealand williams uh has had a good summer and as well as dj herman so you know right now i got three six and nine guys that i'm really excited about so you know that Obviously, we're not going to play all nine, but competition throughout weeks during practice. You know, some of those nine will be playing on scout team, and that's going to help our offense out because those are guys that could maybe play on Saturdays as well. You know, help Coach Lindley and give them good looks, as well as Coach Deacon on some special teams and have a role uh, to help our special teams, you know, continue to be a dominant force like they've been in the last couple of years. You mentioned New Zealand Williams. You know, we talked about this a little bit last year about his position change. Uh, and then earlier in this ep- interview, you mentioned playing a three-two-six. Could he potentially play a third linebacker but still really be more like a dime defense? Yes, he could. Again, the biggest thing is, Andre, I don't necessarily know if I, I – not that he can't play man coverage, but, you know, there's going to be a man element in that. And I do believe he can cover most tight ends. You know, I look back at, like, Nevada, like, two years ago when they had the Cole Turner kid. I don't know if we had anybody on the field that could cover him consistently. He was such a good player. But, yes, he. I do believe from a zone perspective he can do that, and that was one of the reasons why we wanted to move him down to play in space, which, again, I thought the Mountain West was really going to more of a space game and having to play in space. Uh, so I do believe that he could do that. Uh, the biggest thing for him is consistency. Is, is J.D. Coffey playing at a higher level than New Zealand Williams on a consistent basis. And, and, and that's where you sort of have to make that determination, you know, as you go and, and, and things of that nature, because he's already redshirted. Now it's the time to where it's like, okay, what can we do and how can we find a role for you? And the biggest thing for me though, is if you can find roles for these guys, maybe it's a third down package. Well, heck they buy into that and they know that that's their best opportunity to make plays and they want that role. And now they're going to do that role to their, to, you know, to the best of their abilities. I don't know if this is one of the evolutions that you were just talking about from from the defense, but it seemed like Coach Long, whether it was personnel or what it was, it seemed like 
he wanted to use a little bit more maybe smoke and mirrors a little bit and it seems like you enjoy kind of matching up a little bit more and and is is that a fair evaluation of maybe some of the things um, um I, yeah i mean i think it's it's up to the, the interpretation you know um you know of the beholder so to speak and and i think you know coach long has calls I, I, i'm gonna go be honest with you paul when i first got here i went back to 10 years of studying the same system and each year it's tinkered a little bit. I mean, it hasn't been the same, you know, system for 10, you know, the t 10 years prior and so on and so forth. He's always tinkered it a little bit. And then I think he's found a little bit of niche and now it's, you know, I've, uh, you know, to this day, I'm still trying to find Kiava. Okay. And I'm hoping that Zyrus can be Kiava to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, because I, that explosive twitchy suddenness and all that stuff. And you sit here and look at Jake Feely, or you look at uh, Calvin Munson, you know, I'm trying to find those guys that really help take San Diego state and, you know, get them to be blown out of the atmosphere at linebacker per se. And so as we're constantly evaluating, I'm going back and looking at what they did well and constantly putting that in position. So, if we don't have a Kiava, then we're not going to run the blitzes that Coach Long ran to blitz Kiava as many times as they did. I'm going to find, you know, the plays that blitz Caden McDonald because he was our better linebacker, which is a little bit different of a package, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. If we do have good guys that can cover, the best coverage known to man, to me, is man coverage, you know. And so if you can cover and be consistent with what you're doing, you know, that that allows a tighter windows. It allows the defensive line maybe a little bit more time to get to their quarterback and get to the threat versus zone coverage, where sometimes bigger windows, bigger holes. And if you're not getting the pressure on the quarterback, which you hope that you can get, you know, sometimes they're completing some balls and you're disappointed. Oh, I should have called this or should have called that. It's knowing what your kids do well and knowing your strengths. And then each year, as a new crop of kids come in, you tinker your system to adjust to that. I think the thing that I think that you know, going back to the you know goat you know category that you know Coach Brady Hoke and Coach uh, Long have is when they created this system in the first place. They created it in a uh, West Coast. I use it like a West Coast offensive terminology where we can tag certain things or we can call certain things to allow this person or that person to go. And so whatever, wherever that person is, you just know where he's at on the field by the call. And now you're being able to utilize what that person does well. And, you know, like I said, for three years or two years, whatever Kiava was when he was just one of the most dominant players I've seen on film, you know, they, they knew that they were coming, he was blitzing and the other teams couldn't even stop it, even though they knew he was coming. And that's the type of player that he was. And so it's one of those things where now it's like, okay, who are our best players? How can we put them in a position to make plays? And it's whether it be a Cooper McDonald or a Zyrus or a Cody Moon uh, that blitz in those guys and putting them in position to be successful. That's how it can sometimes change. And I think Coach Long has done that even at New Mexico and, and, and things of that nature, where if you looked at his call sheet at last couple of years at San Diego State, where he built the same system and the same kids for so many years and recruited it. Now looking at where he was at, at maybe Syracuse, they might look differently than that. And so I think it's more personnel oriented, but to say uh, your comparison, I, I would not say that you're wrong. Uh, I just would not look at it in that perspective, if that makes sense. No, completely. And that's why I'm the backup. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, tell, tell me more about Brady Anderson. I mean, that's pretty exciting for a young guy to be able to, um, I think the word you used was an elite spring. I mean, wh- wh- what was it more that you saw from him and that he could be truly competing with an all-conference transfer sure. that, you know, was brought over because he was supposed to be the guy who could replace sure. these veterans? Well, I, I, it starts with consistency. Okay, and 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 how you're playing. Number two, how physical are you playing? Number three, when you blitz, are you productive? I mean, we're blitzing a lot. Okay, what is your productivity? That was one of the things that Coach Hoke uh, asked me to do at the end of spring was go back through, take all the blitzes we had during the during the spring, and evaluate who are our best blitzers. You know, one guy that we said was not a great blitzer was Des Malone, and I told him that, like, hey, you're not a good blitzer. And he's like, oh, come on, coach. I was like, come on up. Let's watch these, you know, 10 clips. And let's sh- you you tell me if you're a good blitzer or not. You know, let, 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 keep it black and white. Let's not get gray and feelings. And it's not emotional here. It's just, are you productive or are you not? And what we found was Brady Anderson was pretty productive, you know, with the, the threes. Well, then we moved him to the twos, okay, and rotated there. And he's pretty productive with the twos. So I'm like, well, heck, let's try him with the ones. And next thing you know, he's making plays with the ones and he's playing with confidence and he's playing with relentless effort and he's running to the ball and giving it everything he has. And he, again, is accountable for his coverage and knowledge of what's going on. It's just like, I am I would hurt our Aztec defense if I didn't play him because of what he's been able to do for us, you know, in the springtime, you know, preseason stats or not, you know? And so it's one of those things where, Hey, Cody, if you want to play, you got to raise your level of performance up to match Brady's standard. Because again, from a body type, Cody has good length. He's got good size and that body weight's an issue. Again, I'll give half my body weight to Daryl, the other half to Cody. And now we got a great football players, but (laughs) That being said, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, he's taken upon himself to sit here and say, hey, I got to do better. And again, he's taken that 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 uh, that challenge and, and and really ran with it. And, and, you know, if you come up here on a Tuesday morning after a run, you walk over into you walk past the, you know, go to the bathroom, whatever. You know, Brady Anderson's in there studying film, you know, and so he's really committed himself to wanting to be. The type of player, and obviously, as we recruited him, uh, we, we I saw a level of toughness that he played with, a chippiness, you know. And obviously, you don't want him to be dirty or get penalties or anything, but he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Like, hey, you're going to respect me at the end of this game because I'm going to hit you so hard and cause you more problems throughout these 50, 60, 70 plays that I'm going to play that you're going to remember who I am. And that's the chippiness that that he played this spring with, and it was just like. Wow, that's a that's great. You know, now we got some good competition and guys that that um, love to play, love to play together. And the team, the other linebackers in the room, they see that too. You know, as far as you know, sitting here saying, "Hey, who had a good spring?" and and they are all like, "You know, Brady did a really nice job." And at the end of the spring evaluation and the snaps, I think he graded out at like I want to say like eighty five percent success rate when he was blitzing. So it's just yeah. like, wow, you know, let's blitz him more. And and uh, because, again, his his uh, refusal, um, he refuses to be blocked. I mean, it doesn't always look pretty. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that, you know, the techniques not doesn't need to improve and this and that. But, you know, when your desire is greater than the man that you're playing against and you have that will to get to that ball, I'm not coaching that. You know what I'm saying? It's in him 
that he has that desire to be great and wants to be great. And that's what helped take is helping taking him to that next level. Obviously, the defensive line is probably the biggest wild card heading into fall camp and, and the season. You know, outside of Garrett Fountain, we're probably looking at a lot of different position players. I think at, during the spring, you mentioned to us, you, there's probably eight or nine, ten yep. guys you could probably play if you had a game, you know, that day. How is ha- how have the players at the at those positions responded and competed this summer? Good, good. But I think just like anything, Andre, it's totally different when it comes to being punched in the face, you know, and playing defensive line is not fun uh, playing in, you know, shorts and a t-shirt, you know, you play defensive line with a helmet on and pads and, and, you know, being physical and putting your face in there and things of that nature. And you're really not seeing that, you know, in the summer conditionings and the drill work, you're seeing good movements, you're seeing good change of directions and different things that they're doing and improving in that realm. You're seeing them do the drill work and the footwork and stuff and seeing that improvement from where it was in the spring, but you're not seeing, are you holding the point? You're not seeing uh, how are you playing on the backside of a block? Are you able to get the penetration? Are you able to pick and then climb and, you know, the different moves, movements that we do to free up people or just to mess with blocking schemes to get the ball going where we want it to go. So again, you're exactly right. You know, I think Garrett's had a good summer. Dom uh, Oliver has shown up. But, you know, again, nothing against Dom. He just has not consistently proven himself to be consistent yet. He's another Sam linebacker that at, when we recruited him, we felt he'd be a guy that would move down eventually. And uh, when he put the body weight on and now he's up to like 250, 255. And so he's put on 25 pounds this offseason. So, again, now he's got to learn to run with that extra weight, which it's harder. You know, trust me, I know that from experience every day. And so it's one of those things where, you know, that's the case. You know, Talib, you know, Talib was swimming in uh, the ocean, you know, during the spring, you know, coming here from a junior college. He's gotten better. He's learned the playbook. So hopefully he's not thinking about what he's doing. He's just reacting to what he's doing. You know, Tupu, you know, Tupu came from a junior college as well. But the difference with Tupu, he sat out his last year and redshirt his last year where he played his first two years, you know, to get his academics in line. So realistically that spring last spring that he played was the first time in almost a full year and some time that he played. And there was times where I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? Because he had flashes, but wasn't very consistent. So we're, we feel like now he'll be more consistent because he got, you know, got, you know, the, some of the rust off this spring, you know, Darian Dalton's a younger D lineman that we're expecting some really good things to, to come out. But the biggest thing with Darian is the lack of true game snaps that he's had. He's had good practice snaps. He's logged good practice snaps, shown the physicality that we need, shown the good twitch, but it hasn't been in a game setting. So, you know, how is he going to respond to a packed Snapdragon Stadium, you know, and and how is he going to play on play six? Is it going to be as good as it was on play two? Or is he only going to be able to play three plays in a row? Those are things that we got to learn. You know, Sammy, you know, Sammy was a guy that, you know, came to, uh, from Oklahoma State. So we had high expectations right before uh, spring practice gets COVID and then comes out and, and is playing. And I was sitting here saying to myself, oh, no. You know, Oklahoma State doesn't move much. They're more of a two-gap type team and all this other stuff. And, you know, Coach Jay and myself set him down. We're like, hey, we need some, you know, better effort out of you. Next thing you know, practice six, he finally gets his back in shape. 
you know, his lungs are back from the COVID situation. And he had like practice six, seven, eight, nine to the rest of the deal. He was almost unblockable at times inside. So it's like, holy cow, you know, so you're excited about that. Um, but he hasn't, you know, doesn't necessarily know the playbook as well as he needs to, to a certain extent. So, and then you go to the other end position, Wyatt has been old, reliable, like a, a good old dog that you love to sit by your, you know, fireside uh, outside and stuff like that and done some good things and, and all that stuff. But sometimes Wyatt doesn't demonstrate the twitchiness or the suddenness that you want on a consistent basis, but he's going to be perfect with his technique. He's going to be perfect with his assignments and he's going to make plays because he's tougher than some of the guys he's going against. You know, uh, Ryan Henderson has had a great, uh, had a, you know, a, a slow to ending with a great spring uh, to the point where it was just like, you know, you're really excited about what he brings to the table. And then Dan Opoco is a guy that you're sitting here saying, Hey, if you can be healthy and stay healthy, then you're going to have, a, you know, so again, I'm named off, I think 12 guys or nine guys again. So <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, as we go through fall camp, you know, coach Boje and I and coach uh, Hoke, Brady Hoke will, you know, evaluate that on a daily basis. Hey, who do we need to move? What do we need to do here? Hey, let's take a couple snaps off of Garrett. Let's play this guy or let's do this and let's see what, you know, starting lineup is, is going to be playing for us. But without question, Andre, it will be by committee until, you know, maybe our first bye week, which is after game six. I mean, we're going to have to play, you know, uh, you know, maybe this guy, 30 snaps, this guy, 30 snaps, that guy, 30 snaps and situationally put guys in positions that they do best. Talib might be better on third down than he is on first and second. So we might see him running on the field on third downs only. And that's his role until he proves otherwise that he could be better on first and second downs. You mentioned Coach Hoke, obviously his development of D-line talent is second to none. You know, we saw what Coach Boje did at UNLV with some of those guys last year. In this situation, does coaching become even more impactful when you have so many new pieces or when you're trying to take established players to the next level? I mean, I think I think it's the former, but what is your perspective on that? Well, um, I think each situation is different, you know, to be honest with you. I think, first of all, you have to have the right mindset. And going back to like, like you have to know that this is what you want to do, because, again, uh, it's not normal to put that much body weight on and and really physically uh, commit yourself to doing that. That that is uncommon. Uh, and you're not going to walk down the street and see people really wanting to do that. Number two. You're, it's uncommon to sit there and say, hey, I got to hold the point and I'm 250 pounds and I got a 330 pound guard and I got a 320 pound tackle coming down on you and you got to hold the point and you got to be tough enough to get in that crease and stay in that crease and not move and not get driven back. In fact, we need you to be getting penetration in that crease. It's uncommon for that. So it's, it's a little bit of a mental approach, but with you know, Coach Hoke and his understanding of what the expectations are and how to play it. And then obviously his leadership, as well as the energy and the excitement that Coach Bojay brings to the table. We are unbelievably. And then, you know, our defensive GA is a guy by the name of Parker Houston, which you guys probably know. And he brings a, another level of intensity because of how he played when he played the position. Obviously, it was at tight end and he had a good career but just what it means to be an Aztec and to let him deal with maybe some younger guys and getting them worked 
and and understanding what the expectations are and how to play the the Aztec way is is unbelievable. You know, I, I challenge anybody in the nation to sit here and say that uh, the two D line coaches with you know Coach Brady Hoke uh, and and Bojay. Uh, I challenge anybody uh, across the nation to say the n- number of guys they've put in the league to the the development from taking a guy from a Cam Thomas to a Jonah Tavai to a Keyshawn Banks to the next level. And, and I don't want to offend anybody and with this statement, but you know, what we just got done in, in the Cam Thomas, Jordan, Jonah Tavai and Keyshawn Banks era at San Diego state. I mean, those three defensive linemen uh, are some of the best I've ever seen. And I've been at Michigan. I've coached Frank Clark, uh, you know, worked with him. I've worked with some really good defensive line. Those th- three defensive linemen are some of the best I've ever seen. And they have great attitudes. They're fun to be around. They're fun to work with. And that's what even makes it better. But the one thing about all three of those guys, they had a passion. They were driven. They had that knowledge. And so you take some great coaching with driven individuals, and that marries up to make a great marriage. And then, you know, watch out because here they go. And, you know, we think that, you know, with some of the recruiting and some of the defensive linemen that we've been able to bring in here, uh, that that's going to continue to elevate themselves. But just like with anything, it, there's there's got to be the way that you play with physical and and tough. Uh, but you also have to have good knowledge and and a confidence uh, and belief that they're going to put you in the right position to make plays. And that sometimes that takes a little bit of time. Everybody's a little bit different uh, from that standpoint, and it, it does it does you no good to get down on somebody because they're just not physically or mentally ready to take that grind or take that that next until they take that next step to really believe in what you're asking them to do on a consistent basis the line has uh, eight new faces this year five of them from the juco ranks why was there an emphasis on grabbing players from from that level um and didn't even have to do with the fact that you know you just had an all-american you turn from a junior college and then, you know, Jonah Tavai turned into the monster of the sure. season that he had a year ago. Uh, to be honest with you, Paul, we did a little bit of both. We did some, uh, you know, uh, portal looking <clears throat> and, and evaluated that. And to be honest with you, just didn't have the success or did not see the success that we wanted in that realm. I mean, um, I don't I can't tell you the names of the kids. I can't remember them. Unfortunately, too many names have come across our desks as you go through names. But, you know, we were on a young man early from the Ivy Leagues and we we're like, you know, we think we got to steal And Next thing you know, he's going to UCLA. We got another guy that we're looking at. And next thing you know, he's going to another uh, SEC school. We got another uh, FCS kid that we're looking at. He's going into the Big 12. And so you strike one, strike two, strike three. Hey, maybe we should go in a different direction, you know, type deal, you know, and and understand that realm. And so that's when we went with some junior college. And the reason we went junior college versus high school was we felt like with the seniors that were graduating and not that much depth behind them, you know what I'm saying? From that standpoint, we wanted some guys with game experience, junior college or transfer portal deal versus high school. And so it was one of those things where we had a little bit more success with junior college and knew some coaches, trusted some coaches. And so it put us in a situation where you're there. And and even with that being said, you know, two of the, uh, unfortunately, two of the top two defensive uh, ends that we were really, really going after, one went to Arizona State and one went to Oregon State, you know. And so it was, again, next man up and, and continue to uh, – you know, pound the pavement and and continue to do those things. And we really are excited about the guys we have. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's 
not that, hey, you know, you're this or that, but, you know, from an evaluation standpoint, we ranked them and, you know, just continued to, you know, move down the list as far as the next best guy that we felt fit our system. I mean, that's the one thing about our system. And again, I go back to the NFL. You talk about any D lineman or D, uh, you know, guy, scout that comes in and says, hey, look at the San Diego defensive lineman. Because we play so many techniques and we ask our defense to do what they do, defensive line, they're they're ready to go in the NFL and show their versatility, show that they can rush from an inside position, show that they can rush from an edge, show that they can drop into coverage, show that they can play man-to-man on the defensive end. I mean, what we ask our guys to do, and I will say, you know, sometimes in recruiting, you know, guys are like, well, that's not what I want to play. I'm a rush end. Well, good, go play rush end somewhere, you know, that. But for our guys that are being developed and playing at the next level and getting into camps and doing some things, you know, we're getting calls from, you know, certain people like, holy cow, this guy's pretty good. And we're like, we told you, you know, and, and Coach Hoke has enough connections in the NFL where, you know, people are picking up his phone. And so it's it's one of those things. And, you know, one of the, you know, the D-line coach of the Indianapolis Colts is a, you know, coach for me at EKU, Nate Ollie, and he's a heck of a football coach and doing some great things. And, you know, Coach Coke called him and is like, and Sagoon is there. So he, you know, they have one of our players there. Caden McDonald was there, you know, as a long snapper and did some good stuff in, a, in like a mini camp. So, you know, Nate and worked with Coach Hoke as well. And he's like, hey, you messed up by missing on Jonah Tavai. And, and, you know, so it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we're proud of the product that we're putting out. It's just, you know, now we, you know, it's time for that, this next group of guys to go. One guy we uh, haven't talked about that we'd like to mention ask about is uh, Kenneth Giles. We uh, were able to have him on the podcast and his athleticism was something that we heard about, saw in film. Um, I know he hasn't been there for very long, but I mean, has there been any just, you know, have you seen anything from him and that athleticism um, from, from Kenneth? Not yet. Uh, again, it's, yeah. it's still too early to, again, to sit here and say like, Hey, we trust him yet. You know what I'm Not saying? Yet. Coming and, and, and being late to the system and stuff like that. You know, again, uh, unfortunately, when you are dealing with 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 late people and late additions and stuff like that, you know their um, ability to learn. And we've tried to do some stuff over Zooms and different things like that to get people up to speed, so to speak. But everybody learns at a different level. Our biggest thing with him is being a bit in the best shape he can be in, and and be a sponge and just absorb everything. And and just like anything, you know, during fall camp, we put in our whole playbook. And um, you know, I'm not. I'm not bragging about it, but our playbook playbook's pretty thick, you know, uh, as far as the learning curve. And then when we get to game week, we sit here and say, these are the things that we want to do. So when we get to game week, that playbook, you know, shrinks to about this or whatever the scenario might be that we want to carry going into that week. And so now, like, even though they're having to learn the whole thing, well, we might use diff- different pieces of that. Hey, remember, we did this, put this in the fall camp. Hey, we want to use it versus Air Force you know, as we're preparing for them, but we want to put it in to get reps at it. And okay. Yeah. You go back, you watch a little film, remind the guys and okay, that's what we're doing it for. Or, you know, Hey, maybe we're doing this for Colorado state that we're playing this year. You know, uh, you know, coach uh, Norvell from, uh, you know, uh, Colorado state, you know, we used that a couple of years ago. We're going to go back, use this again, but we haven't put it in because we're not seeing that style of offense, so to speak. So for coverages and stuff. So we're putting some stuff in, we don't probably do, on week to week to week basis. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes kids get overloaded in fall camp because, you know, of the amount of stuff you want to put in. 
and um, if they're not here over time and stuff like that. So uh, with KJ, the biggest thing for him is get him in shape, get him to know what's going on and learn how to play our way. You know, Tupu and Talib and Sammy and, you know, um, you know, some of the other guys that we got, you know, they were able to go through spring and that in a perfect world, that's what you want so that they can get that understanding. They can see themselves on film and learn because obviously I could show them Cam Thomas's film and Keyshot's film, but not a lot of those guys are those same type of athletes that can do those same things. But when they see themselves do it and then you correct them or say, this is exactly what it's supposed to look like, that really resonates with them and allows them to really understand what we're trying to do. Final question, Coach. Um, we've asked you about a lot of things, a lot of players. Is there one thing we haven't asked you about that you're excited about heading into fall camp? You know, uh, to be honest with you, Andre, excited about having a chip on my shoulder myself. You know, uh, I, again, talking to uh, not trying to get some uh, free pub, but, you know, John and Jim yesterday, you know, I, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder. You know, seven and six is not good enough here. You know, going against Fresno State and, and, and not finishing that game. You know, Boise State, you feel like you play a great first half. And they make some adjustments. We 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 obviously didn't. Uh, not that we weren't ready for those adjustments, but they really didn't do anything that we didn't prepare for. But they executed better than we did. You know, you take the Air Force game and zero turnovers in that game. Even though you feel like you play pretty well and do some good stuff, we got to get the ball back for our offense and you know and be more consistent with that. Uh, Middle Tennessee State. You know, I thought we played pretty well in the bowl game, but. You know, that last drive for them to go down and kick a field goal, heck, you get them off the field, you win that game. So those are all things that are within our control that we have to have confidence in. You know, to me, this is a, you know, a great, I'm excited for this group of kids because there is no returning superstar. There is no, and in, in, in a way, it's who's going to emerge. And I'm going to challenge our kids in that way. Like, who's going to come out and emerge as the starters? And who's going to come out and 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 prove and show everybody what this year's Aztec defense is about? Because last year's done and over. We got to learn from that. But this is a new defense. And um, as a staff, we're excited about it. I believe that they're hungry. I believe that they all have a chip on their shoulder because, you know, we're we're pretty honest with our kids and we tell them, hey, that's not acceptable. And this is why. And and as a coach, I've had to go back and look, hey, there are some things that we did well. These are things that I have to improve on on a daily basis and get uh, put better people in better position to be successful. And so uh, from that standpoint, I'm excited. I'm excited for the season and and seeing where we're going to go and what 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 players emerge and um, and how we can continue to you know play really good defense here. Coach, as always, we appreciate your time. Uh, we love talking defense with you. Uh, we could do it for hours and hours, but <laughs> no, you you have to go uh, do your do your coaching and and uh, get ready for fall camp. So we'll look forward to seeing you out on the practice field hopefully in the next week or two. Sounds good. Have an amazing day, guys. Thanks again for everything. Thank you. There you have it, guys. That was our interview with defensive coordinator Kurt Maddox previewing his defense as we head into fall camp. Always a pleasure to talk to Coach Maddox. Uh, the wealth and knowledge uh, on the defensive side is unparalleled. Paul and I always learn so much in talking to him about, you know, the 335, the variations of his system with Coach Long, things that he looks at doing with different guys in different positions all over the field. 
a lot of possibilities this year, especially because as he mentioned, you know, there's no, you know, one returning superstar, someone that's going to take the pressure off everybody else. Everybody's kind of going to be competing for all those starting spots that have departed uh, from last year. Uh, That'll do it for this episode. Uh, We want to thank you for listening as always. Thanks for subscribing, liking, following, sharing on all your favorite platforms. Uh, As I mentioned uh, before the interview, we will be back next episode with an interview with offensive coordinator, Ryan Lindley. And also in that episode, Paul and I will kind of dissect what we've seen, what we've heard from uh, the coaches, the coordinators throughout this uh, interview process as well. So uh, let's talk next time. Listening to the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison.